to episode 23 of our podcast. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Do you remember when we could never even say that? <laughs> you know what? It's so weird because I was literally just going to say, you know, for season two, yeah, maybe we should pre-record this like every other podcast in the land. <laughs> but not actually give it an episode number so we don't have to always do it. Yeah, I've been listening to other podcasts and they have like a beginning bit that is really professionally done (laughs) and it's the same every time, yet we go on and do that every single time. You know, before we have our guest on today, right? Yeah. We had a little conversation this morning, weren't we, about blackouts? Yeah. We talk about blackouts a little bit today. Yeah, go for it. Do you want to start? Well, I can do, yeah, because I'm the blackout queen. <laughs> well, yeah, you thought of it. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking, you know, like, we've been doing our sober sessions, and if you're not aware of what the sober sessions are, you definitely need to be. So on Facebook, we've got a group. If you just search sober sessions, we've collaborated with Love Sober, um, William Porter, Simon Chapel, and our guest today, Sober Dave, um, to <laughs> panel talks to to everybody and it's, it's it's growing the group it's really good and we live stream into it and we have these panel chats so last week we were talking a little bit about blackouts with our two guests yeah it occurred to lisa that newly sober people don't always know what a blackout is and i know i didn't and lisa didn't and we thought it meant that you were unconscious actually it means that you've forgotten something completely and it's literally because the memories are never made so you you've perfectly functioned well you're not perfectly functioning you're functioning a bit like whoa (laughs) you you appear to be conscious and with it but you're not actually knowing or remembering any of what you've done so an example for me was um i lost I've talked about this on a podcast before, so I'll keep mine brief, but I know Lisa's got a good example as well. And with mine, I are you thinking now, what's my example? What's my example? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> got um, you, actually. <laughs> with mine, um, it was a case of a left of work's due at lunchtime with two of the girls. We all separated in Manchester. We came back on the tram. And then I've got no re- recollection of how I got home, where I went, I've got one vague memory of walking up some stairs and I believe that was in the Weatherspoons in Manchester. I must have gone to the toilet. But yeah. I lost six hours of my life and I really, really do not know what happened to me, where I was, who I was with, who I met, what I said, what I did, none. And so when people say I've forgotten, it's genuine. It's a real scientifically proven thing. That on our last sober session, William Porter explained why. So have a look at that if you haven't done it. It's on our YouTube channel. And um, yeah, it's real. It's a real, real thing. A blackout. Go on, Lisa, give your example before Dave comes on. It's just so frightening, isn't it, I think. Like you said, we didn't know really what it meant. So when I was reading all the quitlet books and sober, listening to sober podcasts and people were just saying blackout, I was always thinking, oh, I wasn't that bad. Like I weren't ever unconscious anyway. So I never saw it as a problem. And the longer I've been sober, like it's 21 months now, that I've not had a drink for and the more and more I'm starting to remember I don't know whether I'm allowing myself to remember that or I'm just being more open about it so there's a couple one of them is what I was talking to you about before is the time that um, my husband had bought me a call and he was right chuffed that he bought me this car. Anyway, on this day, it was a Sunday and I'd gone out for a couple of drinks, which always led to more. So we would always want to go home, but I was like, I'm staying out even longer. <laughs> so, so I stayed out, right? And 
when I got back or when I woke up in the morning, there was no sign of this new coat, right? And I couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere. And I didn't dare tell him that I'd lost this coat, but I knew we were going somewhere on like the Wednesday. And I knew I needed this coat for the Wednesday. <laughs> I think it was like around bonfire time. So I knew that I needed to have this coat. So I actually ordered myself a new coat to come on next day delivery and it, it cost me a fortune right <laughs> like an absolute fortune to get the exact same coat and I went through this nightmare that it um the delivery came but I missed the delivery and then I couldn't go and pick it up from the post office until the day after which would have been too late but luckily it's all who you know I knew a postman. So <laughs> he managed to get me this coat, right? Because I'd put it on my Facebook and my husband was never on Facebook. So I could always say what I wanted on there. Um, so I'd a bit put like, like on here then. Well, yeah, it's a bit, yeah, exactly. So I managed to get this coat back. Anyway, a few months later, I goes back to the place or a place where I'd been um, on that Sunday night, went out again and then went into the kebab shop <laughs> as, <laughs> as, you the kebab, yeah, as you do and the guy said to me oh my god Lisa yes I was on first term, term names I'm very ashamed to say <laughs> but he was like oh my god Lisa oh, I have not seen you for ages I've got your coat here and I was like <laughs> oh my god no I've looked for this coat everywhere anyway he had taken me home so I'd not I thought I'd got a taxi that night and I hadn't the pizza man was delivering pizzas and I jumped in and he <laughs> he took me on his travels <laughs> delivering oh. pizzas and give me a lift home and I have no recollection. Do you still not remember it? it? No, I still so genuinely do. Out, and it? yeah, and now that is like the more I think about it, that's one of many, many stories that we can tell in all the other episodes of um, this podcast. <laughs> but it's scary though, isn't it? Because I mean, luckily you knew him and you trusted him. Well, clearly you did, you got in his car, but it could quite easily have gone another way, couldn't it? And that's what scares me about mine. Well, to be honest, Alex, I have had one that has gone another way and we'll talk about that another time. I don't know whether I'm brave enough to say it just yet. And I know that we've got our guests coming on in a few minutes, but I have had a pretty a pretty frightening one that I've never actually confessed to anybody. But oh hey, what God. the hell? Why not even know this one then? Uh, yeah, you probably will do. Oh, well, no, you just told you me we're all right. At the time. I was probably drunk when you told me it, but I probably went, oh, don't worry about it. I've done that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Here, yeah, listen, though, what I do want to know is did you end up with two coats? Well, actually, I, I had two coats for a while, right? But the zip broke on one of the coats. Yeah. Hey, we, this is the universe working for me. So I sent the coat back because the zip had broke and just said, oh, no, I'll have a refund. And they were happy to give me a refund on it. Really? So I was really, really lucky. And I just want you to know, I don't have that coat anymore. I actually gave it to um, a homeless charity. So somebody else has got that coat now. <laughs> and did Tom ever find out or does he still not know? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so Tom, if you're listening to this podcast, he will never he'll never listen to this. He will never <laughs> ever listen to it. He's not he has no interest in what I have to say, which is why I spoke to um Siobhan yesterday, not so secretly sober, and she was like, Your relationship is like um the biggest sober mystery. 
I know she just she just gets snippets of information and nobody gets it and I'm just gonna say about this look if I knew what were going on I would let you all know but I'm I'm mystified by it too (laughs) (laughs) the end of the chapter you've had a little bit more today everyone so Today, we are going to be joined by, as I've already given away, Sober Dave. If you don't know who Sober Dave is, first of all, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Second of all, I will tell you, so he's a motivational speaker. He does a lot of work with alcohol change. He's a genuinely lovely, lovely bloke. He really is. He's our favourite. He is, oh, I shouldn't say that he's our (laughs) favourite. I know, you say that to everybody. (laughs) And... And um, he's, an, he's an Instagram legend as well. And he's literally just like, he's just the nicest. He's just, I can't even say anything better about him. He's just gorgeous, isn't he? I'll tell you what he is famous for, though, his pants. I'll let him tell you about them, though, don't you reckon? Yeah, the sob Dave pants. <laughs> he, he makes us smile every single day, mainly. He actually really does. It's yeah. so lovely. You know, the best thing about what's happened in our podcast is when we've invited guests on, or even just through Instagram and social media, and just the sober sphere in itself. The best thing is that we've genuinely become friends with so many of our guests, and it's just, you know, like do you remember when we did William Porter. His yeah. podcast, and now he's like our mate, and we were so nervous of speaking to him. And now we're like, Hey, William, what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even say, Hey, William, what are you up to? We actually use his real name, yeah, we do. Hi, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sam, if you're listening, and if you're not, you blooming well should be. It's him, Dave. <laughs> but here we go, anyway. Have a listen to this. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Oh my God, where are you? You know, it's like find Wally, but find Dave. You're always in. (laughs) Can't find Wally, it's where's Wally? (laughs) I've honestly, I've had to come out because it was fucking terrible indoors. (laughs) Can you hear me all right? Yeah, Yeah. Are we okay to just leave this in and go straight in with our podcast, Dave? You happy? Yeah, of course. Let's go. (laughs) told you we never do any editing so it's nice that we can start it's so charming (laughs) we've just given you a great intro i want you to know when you hear this back i hope you like the production oh i hope so it better be seriously though where are you are you in your car i'm in my car the roof of the sainsbury's at wandsworth so just have a little bit of peace (laughs) do my best Oh, I do love you. <laughs> uh, how have you both been? Yeah, good, I think. Um, I feel a bit like kind of relaxed today, me. A bit too relaxed. I've only just got dressed, if I'm honest. What about you, Lise? Yeah, I'm all right. I had a bit of a rubbish day yesterday. The first one, if I'm honest, since lockdown, which isn't bad, is it? In like, what, we're going into our sixth week now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got it's a bit stressed with it all and I didn't know what was going on and I was questioning things and it all messed with my mind a little bit yesterday. So I changed my profile picture on Facebook to one of my favourite ones and my timeline picture to a rainbow, did a meditation, all is good. <laughs> 
Amazing, amazing. Now I've developed a really bad cough, which is why we're in for this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> Literally. Oh, that's a bit oh. weird. Is it weird that I kind of stepped away from the screen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get our mask. <laughs> Do you know what, though? In seriousness, we both had had a cough. I had a cough very early on in it, didn't I, Lisa? And yeah, you, you was really around poorly. Christmas time or just after Christmas. Yeah. Do you think you've got it? I, I think, I think yeah, I think I've had it, you know. Yeah. yeah. My cough thing is still is, here. And it's mm. been over two months, or around about you, two months. It's, it's mild <clears> now, and it's just in the mornings it's worse. And at night, I can kind of get through most of the day without coughing now, but it's still not fully gone. And it's, it's honestly, it's about two months. <coughs> Who's that woman at Coronation Street used to smoke 100 fags a day? <laughs> Was it Vera? Oh, Vera. Is it Dot out of EastEnders? I met Dot once, right? Did you? Yeah, and do you know what I said to her? And it was ridiculous. I went, oh, Nick. <laughs> and she just looked at me like, what the hell? <laughs> do you think you're Kenneth Williams or something? <laughs> oh no, friend. Do you know we've got a dot cotton story as well, right? We once went out into Nutsford. Oh no, can we not? I hate. No, I am. It's so funny. funny. You know when somebody tells a funny story, but it's not funny. This is yeah. that story. No, it, it is oh. a little bit funny. But anyway, I'll cut it short so I don't kind of. Well, now it won't be funny because she's really. <laughs> but we went to we went to Nutsford and we actually lost touch for a little while. We not we'd not been kind of together as best friends for a good few. Yes, wasn't it, Lisa? Yeah. We, we were back in touch over FaceTime, weirdly, Skyping each other, and we decided to have this night out. So we booked a hotel. We couldn't just go for a little night out together. We booked a hotel. We did the works. We gate crashed a wedding by accident. And then we ended up in this bar, and it's a really posh bar, and we're not posh at all. Well, a little bit posh. <laughs> and, I, and I knocked into this woman by accident, it was busy and spilt her drink on her. And I just went, oh, I'm really sorry. You know how she do? I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'll get you another one. And she went, oh, never mind the drink. Who's going to pay for my dry cleaning? <laughs> so Lisa just went, it's been you and cotton. <laughs> anyway, that was it. It's probably funny. <laughs> so we didn't pay. Funny. Right. Bit funny. We didn't pay for the dry cleaning, did we? No, we didn't. Never, never. Oh, would. I wouldn't pay for your comedy act either. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let, well, that's why we've on. brought you in, Dave. So you know what? Let's get to you. All right. Yes. So come on, uh, for people that listen to our podcast that may not be on Instagram and may not have heard about you um, just yet, let's talk about what was Dave like before he got sober. And what brought uh, you to getting sober? Dave was a maniac. Um, <clears throat> in all seriousness, um, I, I started drinking, you know, I think my era, um, it's quite normal to drink when you were like 13, 14 years old. Uh, Mum and dad, I think, let me have a little tipple with dinner. Uh, and then through my teens, I was a bit of a lad, you know, loads of girlfriends and that, and used to go to the pub. I mean, I even got my first tattoo when I was 14 in, and I was wearing my school uniform when I went in the tattoo shop. Really? And the bloke was called Barry Levain in Garrett Lane Tooting. And he, he used to go there when he was drunk because he was better. And he used to drink <laughs> lager 
and and whiskey chasers, and he had a big cowboy hat on. He's a famous man, actually. If you Google Barry Levine, there's there's loads about him, and his, his studio is still there, but he died of liver cirrhosis. So there's a good sign. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I think it was quite a normal sort of. I was you know quite sporty. I used to play a lot of football, and I. You know, you know when you're younger and you go clubbing and that, but it was kind of normal back then. And then I bought my own flat and uh, there was a local pub and I started to poke my nose in there a little bit and I become a bit of a regular. And that's really when I up the ante of my drinking. You know, I, I was drinking five or six beers. Uh, if I was to, I mean, one time I did session from midday until it was kicking out on a Sunday. You know, that's where I really up to my drinking but um then i started drinking doors because that was never enough and that's when i started to go downhill uh and then i moved from there bought my own cottage and then i didn't go to the pub and then i just drank indoors so my drinking went from social drinking to isolated drinking yeah. and uh at its worst i was drinking a liter of vodka a day um, Stella Artois starters and hitting my head on the stairs on the way up was dessert because I was so drunk and then I used to work on 60 minute makeover as a handyman and we part of that show was to the reason why we did it is because you could always out and get go out and get drunk with all your mates you know that's part of the because you never used to get a lot of money doing it yeah. And one day we went to Wandsworth, did a house there, and uh, I now live in that house. Uh, as you know, Em, my wife, um, we were doing a house on the show. And, uh, you know, when I met her, she just got cancer. And she gave me the opportunity of walking away. And uh, I didn't. And uh, one of our first dates, well, it was our first date, actually, was in the chemo ward. So we, we got to know each other in a really unusual way. You know, it wasn't wine and dining and stuff like that. It was her with a cold cap on and me with my bag of Maltesers, you know. And, um, yeah, it, it, when she got better and then I sold my house pretty quickly, you know, it's one of those whirlwind relationships. And uh, leading up to me moving in, I kind of thought I needed to nip this drinking in the bud because I, I knew that I couldn't carry on the way I was. But I kept putting it off. You know, I kept saying, oh, you know, I'll calm down by next weekend. Because, but I sold my house in six weeks. I mean, you don't hear of that, do you? It's literally crazy. And I moved in, and within a couple of days, I was like, how am I going to suggest having a drink, you know? Because two days for me was unheard of because I was drinking every day. So yeah. I used to say to her, um, do you want a glass of wine tonight? She'd say, oh, no, no, I'm all right. And I was like, what? <laughs> Have a glass of wine, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think it was probably after about six months she realised that I really did have a problem. Uh, and there was a time that she, it was a Sunday afternoon and she took the kids to the park which is up the road. And I had a box of wine tucked behind the fridge in the kitchen. And I drank the whole box in an hour, like literally. So that's what, four bottles of wine. I was drinking it like pints of water because I was telling myself when she gets back, 
I can't really drink like that. Yeah. So I was just shoving it down my neck. And I remember it was a um, belly of pork. And when she walked in, all the all the top of the pork had gone. You know, I had the munchies. So it's like a scratch. I was literally ripping the top of the pork off. And it was like a dead rat laying on the, on the plate. <laughs> and she walked in. And one eye was looking at the clock and the other over at the door handle. I was literally all over the place. And she said, what's happened? She thought I'd been mugged or something. And, and she realized then what had happened my t-shirt was full of red wine I think and that's when I mean it it really started to eat into our relationship you know uh, and there was a, a point I did have a rock bottom I don't know how long we got on this but uh yeah I ended I sort of made myself homeless for a few days and ended up I don't know how I survived that you know I was drinking vodka on the beach I slept rough for three nights and uh, I was on antidepressants as well and uh, and previous to that week before the doctor had doubled my dose as well so I literally went berserk in my head um, came back and there was a there was a time Em came out to the garden and she just burst out crying and, and she said I can't do this anymore and that hit home to me more than anything you know to see her face she walked back into the house and the kids were swinging all over the lampshades and that she, she was just crying. And I thought, what have I done? What have I, what have I brought into this person's life? Do you know what I mean? Her life mm-hmm. has already been hard enough. What have I done? And it, it kind of broke my heart, you know, that oh. my selfish illness had, had inflicted her so much and I just remembered after that, I, I just knew that I had to do something about it. And it was maybe a few days later, a friend texted me and he, and he just said to me, the, the, the important message about this, he didn't say to me, I think you should give up drinking. He said, how about we both give up alcohol for three months, see where we are in our life, in our marriage and in our health and see how we go. And and that's why I always say to people who've got a trouble with drink is never tell them to give up drinking because it's got to be their decision, you know. And the way he put it to me was so eloquently put that it trickled in me throughout the day. And I went to see him that night and that was on the 7th of Jan, 2019. And I shook his hand and said, done. And uh, that's when good old Sober Dave was born on Instagram. Oh, is that when the pants came out then at that point? <laughs> no, that, that, that was later on. I couldn't go in there guns blazing. Just did your friend then, did he genuinely feel that he was drinking too much as well? Or was it that he could see you drinking too much and wanted to help? I think, so he... He's a very, very spiritual person. He, he will tell you something about you that you think, how the hell does he know that? Because he does. He's amazing. He had this uh, message from God, basically. And he, he was to reach out to me. I need his help. And I will say, previous to this, my mum had died in the October and I was with her for four days as she slipped away. And I had a dream a month later and my mum came to see me and it might sound strange, but it was so real. And she was about 40 and she looked beautiful and she just held my hand and she said to me, 
Dave, I, I want you to know I'm okay. I really am. And that changed everything for me. And when he said this to me, I, I, I feel like I need to help. He didn't actually have a drinking problem at all. He had a sugar problem. He would eat flipping four pan of chocolate in one go in that. And that was his thing. So in between yeah. us both, he said he would give up sugar. And I said I'd give up alcohol. And after about two weeks of starting, I realized that probably that if I did the three months he said, within a week of that, I'd be back to where I was before anyway. You know, yeah. I, it, it was pointless. So then I thought, well, I've got to go for it. And once I decided to go for it, there was no turning back, really. I, I It was like the best feeling I've ever had. I actually thought, do you know what? I can do this. I had no doubt about it, you know, and it was so, it was like an epiphany in my life that, uh, you know, I do, without sounding too weird, I, I do feel like I'm reborn because I, I've got a whole new life, you know. I said this all the time, yeah. Dave, um, when I first stopped, I was very much like you. I just found it so liberating so quickly. And I know it sounds like really dramatic and people that have not yet taken that step to stopping drinking, it really is like being reborn. You learn everything again, don't you? Like I were learning to laugh again. I were learning to communicate again and we're learning to go to social occasions again all them things it really is like being reborn was there anything that you found dead challenging at the beginning um well i'm a bit weird you already know that <laughs> no no shit <laughs> <laughs> you're perfectly sane <laughs> yeah i'm just licking my fingers hold on um yeah i <laughs> I, um, I, once I made up my mind, I decided that was it. So it was almost like a switch, you know, like I'd said, right, I'm not going to drink again. And, and that's how I did it because if I'd have had any form of doubt in myself, I could have easily relapsed yeah. and I haven't once. And that's really rare. You know, I was looking at statistics the other day and less than 5% of people do it first time. But that's, that's me all over. I gave up smoking. 15 years ago and I've never had a fag since you know but um, yeah I think when the weather starts getting where we live ones of common there's loads of little pubs scattered about everywhere and I found that a challenge on a hot day you know you've got yeah. the old pink cloud when you have the first three months and you're losing a bit of weight and you're feeling great and you're like yeah I've cracked it and all of a sudden it'll come and bite you on the arse and, and you're like okay is this the honeymoon period's over now and I could murder sitting in a pub garden now with a pint of Peroni, just chilling out, you know, and, and I struggled for a couple of hours with that. But what I've learned to do is build up my sober toolbox that each time I have a challenge, I sit with that feeling. I don't just bat it away because you, you've got to go through that feeling. And I deal with it, but I don't give it too much energy either because otherwise it would be, you know, knocking at the door continuously until you open the door. So, yeah, I had that, and I've been I've been through quite a few different things. I haven't had a sober wedding yet, though, because of my age. They're normally bloody sober funerals. You'll <laughs> 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 have to get a wedding between somebody. Come, Lisa, you've got to, you're gonna have to get married again at some point. Oh no, I'm married. Third time, look here. 
<laughs> yeah, but there's Emily from Sober and Social. She's in lockdown at the moment, and she's a fancy postman. So we could always <laughs> go to that one. But no, no, to be answer your question, I haven't really. No. What, you you um, now offer recovery coaching, and, you know, I already know just through watching and being part of the Sober Sessions with you how amazing you are at that. At what point did you feel confident to start coaching others? Um, well, I tried to be a counsellor um, four years ago. It was something I've always been passionate about doing is helping people. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't finish that because my mum was become really ill and I was on my level three and basically my tutor said to me, look, Dave, it's just, you know, I was trying to do the homework and stuff. Then my mum died. But since then, I've done peer mentoring course qualified. I've done a mental health first aid course. And I, I just basically, I think life experience is a huge part of that. Because if you understand where someone is and where they want to be and you've experienced that, that's more than like gold, isn't it? If, if you're aware of that. And I, I feel really, really passionate about, like you girls, you, you do as well. I, I, do you remember I sent you a message last year and I said, you two are amazing. I, I didn't really know you, did I? No. Uh, and you sort of burst in onto the scene and I, I thought, you two are going to absolutely smash it. <laughs> and I've followed your journey ever since and you are smashing it and you're going to go on. And with our sober sessions as well, that's fabulous, you know. And I, I just think that if we can offer someone support and you can listen to them and you, you understand what they're talking about, that's enough, you know. You, you don't have to have a billion certificates up on the wall and then you, you're just waving your pencil around and saying, right, this week you're going to do that. I think empathy is a great natural gift. And uh, I, just, I just feel like it's something I want to do for the future to, to help people on this journey, you know, I, I think it's life changing. It, it really is. I mean, you've said to us uh, that the majority of your audience or your um, kind of followers on Instagram are female and we find the same. So when we get to speak to a man on our podcast or on the sober sessions, like we spoke to the rock sober boys, it's, it's quite a different experience than speaking with a woman. Cause I think that, the women we speak to, they tend to have been similar drinkers to us, the binge drinkers, they've suffered anxiety, and it's kind of the same thing. Now, men, we find, generally, are less open to talking about their mental health. You haven't been. You've been very open about your mental health throughout your journey. Can you share it with us, please? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm someone that believes in being honest, to be, to be honest. How about that? <laughs> but, I mean, I've shared everything in my journey. I mean... I even shared the fact that, um, is it embarrassing, but I've shared it on Instagram, that um, I was having implants at the front done, right? So they fitted me with a temporary plate that used to drive me up the wall, right? And one day I had a row with them and so I went to the pub, absolutely plastered, and then I went to Sainsbury's on the way home, bought two bottles of wine and a whole packet of yum-yums, 12 yum-yums. <laughs> and there's a, fa there's a famous chef that lives right near me, right? And there's a tree that overlooks his house. So I sat on against this tree. I drank two bottles of wine when I was already drunk and a whole packet of yum-yums. I don't know how I got home, woke up in the morning and I thought, where are my teeth? 
Jesus. <laughs> I'm running around. I've got to go to work, right? Oh, I'm lifting all the... <laughs> so I went, I, I did the walk of shame back to the common by his house, by the tree, and they'd be sitting there at the bottom of the tree, right? <laughs> and I thought, Sorry. do you know what? That's just a really, really typical thing of when I'm drunk because I don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> So it's me with no front teeth walking to the flipping famous chef's house. <laughs> Looking for my teeth, thinking if a box has got them, I've had it. I'm not going to get them back. Anyway, that, that's oh, how honest I am on Instagram. And, you know, and I, I did a whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I just, I can, I just know how much Lisa is proper belly laughing. I can see her face, see your face. Wish people could actually see us at this point. Well, I look oh, like man. bloody Father Christmas in this. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I decided to to really get down to the nitty gritty of, of <laughs> what what it's what? like with no teeth. No. Oh, anyway, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all going wrong. Oh, no, I love things like this. <laughs> I don't know how we got from mental health to foxes walking up with it. I mean, to be honest, right? If that's not enough to make you start drinking again, then nothing does. So, <laughs> so forget lockdown. The fact I've I've survived my teeth gate. It's <laughs> a whole new thing. But yeah, I mean, I'm just honest because I think it's important and that's how people were like, when you talk about me holding like s- s- support sessions, I'm talking <laughs> like this. I'm going to go bankrupt. No. Um, I just believe like, because everyone, do you know what? And this is absolutely serious. I had about 10 messages that day. <laughs> similar things. <laughs> Absolutely true. I've I got lots of messages relating to that story when I said burnt my teeth. So oh my it's god, like yeah, I've got so dr- teeth all around London. Yeah. Well, one yeah, one woman the dog ran off of her teeth and she can find them for three days. <laughs> 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 She's it's gone. True. I know. She's going, You know what, though? It's true. These things happen and we don't realise, do we? I think we learn. <laughs> that is so funny. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was oh, about to edit this one. No, we're not editing it. It's funny as hell. I have, um, I, um, so I was bad when I came home in my friend's coat. I don't think you lost your what? <laughs> that's not your friend's what? I told you. Coat. I just woke up in the morning and thought, that's not my coat. And like, it was someone. <laughs> that's not. And that's nothing compared to losing your bloody teeth. No, oh, no, dear. no. Oh, we've we got really to try and calm down a little bit. Right, yeah, you've made my day. You've made my day. Right. So, okay. can, we, can we just go back to the mental health, the men's mental health, this <laughs> point, to try and bring some sort of composure to us? So, yeah. your, your journey, do you think that sobriety has kind of fixed any issues you had with mental health or, you know, what's your view on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I was on antidepressants and then um, 
I think it was just before Christmas I said to him that, do you know what? I, I don't really want to be on any mind-altering drugs anymore. And I, I went to the doctors and she basically said to me, we just come off them. And I thought, that's not right. You know, I, I, where I go to the doctors, you see a different doctor each time. And um, she said, oh, they're at such a low dose anyway, just come off them. And I did. And I was all right for a couple of months. Mm. And then I think with this lockdown and whatever, I I start to get really anxious around things. And, and I've started to go back on them now, just temporary. I said to her, let's reassess it each month. Because I'm self-employed and basically I haven't earned a penny in six weeks. Yeah. Um, and I don't know when I'm going to start to get money as well. Um, so it's helping me for now. But what I say about my mental health is um, every single day uh, I felt really, really anxious. I knew my marriage was in trouble. I mean, put it this way, I, I don't think me and Em would be together now if I was still drinking. I think it would have just... And remember, she's got four kids as well. So I, I brought that into the house and the little ones were saying... Why is always Dave falling asleep on the sofa? Why is he always slurring yeah. and stuff, you know? And um, that's just not on, is it? Um, so when I gave up drinking, one, I felt a lot more positive. Two, I mean, there's that whole thing they say, there's, that what, what do you do without drinking? But you, there's so much in life you do without drinking. Yeah. Because when I was drinking... All I ever thought about was drinking. Like in the morning, I was thinking, I'm not, I'm not drinking tonight. And then that gradually changed throughout the day. And then by four, well, I might have a couple. I'll just take it easy. By six, ah, oh, let's get pissed. Yeah. You know? And that happened every single day. Uh, and it was a cycle every day. And at the weekends, was worse because I'd start drinking Sunday at, at midday. You know, I used to say about the roast dinner and oh, I might have a little beer as I peel the, peel the potatoes and that, you know, just an excuse. Yeah. Uh, but my, my mental health has improved so much more now. Uh, and the main thing, though, is my health because um, my blood pressure was, it was so bad that she, I, the doctor said that I could have a heart attack because it was like 185 over 115. Wow. Yeah, That's it was shocking. Yeah, yeah. And and now I'm 120 over 85, which is normal. That's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm off all medication apart from the surgery, you know, um, which is temporary anyway. So, you know, I'm not getting any younger. What? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, 50, I'm 56 this year and... I honestly, I don't, I don't think I would have lived till 60, to be honest, because of my health. In fact, you think the bloody teeth is a funny story, right? I, I belong to a gym and I went on one of those machines that um, sort of tells you what your age is, your biological age, right? So I've done it all and whatever. And I've got the printed out ticket, <clears throat> like you're getting clusters where, where the machine's doing the coughing, you print it off and it said, you have the biological age of 85. <laughs> no. My yep. God. 85. Wow. Have you done no. it since? No, I didn't go back. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you should. I bet there's been a massive jump. I know, yeah. but what if there hasn't? Well, it's 92. <laughs> <laughs> Your blood pressure alone will have brought that age down. Yeah. Where it should be. You yeah, know, I, I, yeah. 
Oh, sorry. I saw your Instagram post um, yesterday and I commented on it and you'd said like you're 50, you know, 56 this year and you're living your best life. And I just yeah. think that, like, I know you joke about being the granddaddy in the sober circle and you just not, I'd never even think that, like 56 is no age. And that's what I'd said on my post. That's the age where my stepdad died at 56 and I'm just looking at you now it kind of like it's so amazing to see you living your best life but it makes me really sad as well that Mm. it was just no age do you know what I mean and it was through alcohol it was we, we had yeah. a pub, he drank every single day. It was his life. It was all he'd ever known. He was a proud barman, a proud sellerman. Um, and yeah, I just can't even believe that he's the same age when he passed Do you know away. what really touched me with that was when you told me that he used to hide away. Was it a Monday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he used to hide away. And I really felt him having to do that just to avoid being in the environment that he would be tempted to have a drink. And I could imagine the pain that he was going through. You know, there's so many psychological demons going on there that, you know, I need to do this. I need to keep myself away. And, you know, I work really, really hard on myself. I know I joke and muck about and that, but I really work hard on my mental health and my positivity and, and how each day goes for me because, it's, you know, that old thing about recovery and, you know, um, you're always in recovery and I do look at it slightly different and I, I do look at it as more than uh, recovery than it's discovery because I I want to move forward. I like to say that I was dependent on alcohol before and I'm not anymore. You know, I, I don't want to have that label. I don't want to feel like I'm ill for the rest of my life. You know, and and I try every single day, I think you can tell by my Instagram, that I try to keep things going. I try to be motivational. And that in itself really motivates me as well, you know. And and just just be positive because if people start to doubt themselves and they say, well, do you know what? I, I do feel like I drink. Get that out of your head because the more you, you're going to feel like that, the more you're going to end up having a drink, you know. So... I just believe that I wouldn't be this positive if I was still drinking. Trust me, I, I would be looking at the floor, scraping my knuckles on the floor, going, life shit, I hate my life. And now I just feel, as we said in the beginning, really reborn, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see that. <laughs> we put a post up the other day about being positive because it just really resonated with me at the time and it staying positive doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time it means mm. that even on the hard days you know better ones are coming and I think it's all you know it it just doesn't mean you're happy being positive it means you're working at it um, I remember somebody saying to me once really early on like oh it's all right for you it's dead easy for you because you're just dead positive all the time and I was mm. like do you know how hard I work at trying to be happy every single day? Um, mm. And there is a difference. And I think your positivity comes across. And your Instagram, you know, you help so many people. It's funny. It's honest. It's, and, it, and it's positive. I think that's why people relate to you so much. Uh, more? Is there any more? 
no, that'll do for now. <laughs> no, thank you. Get out of that car when you finish. With his big head. Do you know what, though? And it's Your Phil, teeth won't fit you after this. <laughs> I'm like bloody Zippy. You're too young for that. But no. Oh, we remember time. Zippy. Rainbow. Of course we remember yeah. Zippy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, but it's funny, you know, like I might might do a post in that and then uh, Emma say, you've done such a positive post on Instagram, yet you're actually bloody miserable today. Yeah. And I say, well, because I'm allowed to be bloody miserable at some times, yeah. you know, am I, that part of my life, the sober side of my life, sobriety, and that makes me feel really good. But there's other things that still go on in life, you know. You might have a terrible day. Well, it doesn't mean to say because you give up drinking, you're out with your balloons and your yeah life goes on you know it doesn't end there and that's the same with mental health that's the same with relationships you've got to work at it you know Mm. and and that's why i try to be genuine and authentic on my instagram to rather than an annoying bloke every day going woohoo i'm sober get down babe (laughs) you know it's like that's really annoying and i actually i really got annoyed myself then by doing that (laughs) <laughs> you know when we talk to people though and it's something that we've both learned isn't it Alex as much as it is really important and what I just said about working hard to be positive it it's just as important to learn and sit with them feelings I think we grow yeah, up and especially Brit- British people in particular we think that we have got to be happy all the time so when we're feeling sad we try and push it away and cover it up and mask it and we spend our lives doing this so like you just said that you said to him you know it's all right that could be a miserable get today and it is all right sometimes we Mm. have shit days sometimes Mm. we have good days and that's kind of all right and I remember early on in my sobriety just sitting and actually thinking right oh my god I'm just sitting with feelings this is so weird to just yeah yeah." so it is just as important I think I I think the thing is as well that when you're sober, and again, I'm with you both on what you've said, but when you're sober, it's not necessarily that it cures all the bad feelings. It just means you can look them in the eye and deal with them instead of just drinking more to push them away. So mm. it's painful to be sober sometimes, actually, isn't it? it yeah, it is. And yeah, but do you know what? I think I honestly believe that that's why a lot of men struggle with it because, like, so simple thing is, mate, you've got a bit of a drinking problem in you and they go, nah, I'll just have a few beers with a lad touching football. You know, that's the sort of default setting rather than actually, yeah, it's affecting my relationship, my finances, you know. And I looked at my stats on my Instagram, 86% of women that follow me. Yeah. So that's the difference, you know. And I did a panel talk a few months ago with Scott, boy who drank too much. Yeah, and it was about male sobriety and the sort of ego behind it, and it, it was really fascinating actually because there was a fireman there who's a, a physical train, a personal trainer, a male stripper. Um, you know, there, there was four or five of us from different backgrounds, but it was really refreshing to hear from a man's perspective what sobriety means to them. You know, and it felt so different for me. So I suppose like what you said with when you, you do a podcast with a woman, there's definitely a difference in the yeah. conversation. And I really, really want to try and 
encourage more men to feel more open or, or, or talk more about their relationship with alcohol because it's so important. And equally, I, I do get quite a lot of women messaging me and it's about their partners, you know. Yeah. 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 And I try and just say, look, that the, the last thing you can do really is tell them to stop drinking. It's approach them with kindness at the right time and just be gentle and say, look, I want to understand how it is for you and, and try it from that angle rather than, you know, I'm sick of this, you've got to stop and whatever. So it is, I, I really, that's what I'm aiming for in the next few months anyway, to try and encourage more men to be open, more open about it, you know. I think it definitely needs something like you for my um, relationship with Tom. He ended up going through AA and we, it was it was just awful, Dave, the beginning bit. And I think that's when people need somebody and it's everybody that needs somebody. It's awful for the children. It's awful for the wives. And like you say, it's how do you approach it? You know, there's all these different... I remember trying to stop it trying to stop drinking to encourage him to stop drinking because I was aware he was drinking too much. Then I went through a phase of that I was drinking too much to try and keep up with his drinking because yeah. it pissed me off so much when he was drinking. I thought, well, you know what? I might as well do it as well. But then I resented him and then every single weekend would come and I would be working hard all week and he would or whatever. I'd finish work on a Saturday morning and I'd get home and we'd have friends round, the wine would be out and it just became everything and I think so many people are going through this but they're afraid to talk about it and I know what stopped Tom was the embarrassment of having to say I'm an alcoholic or I have a problem and we went through the functioning alcoholic I used to leave things up on the internet and be like read that what do you think of that you know what is the best way to approach somebody is there anything that that you could advise now on was there anything M did that helped you at that point or that you wish that she'd have done that could have helped you or do you think it's just down to you and you yeah I I I think it's what she didn't do that helped me you know the fact that I knew she loved me that much that she was putting up with it which is no way to live to put up with Mm. someone but um I mean, it got to a stage, actually, that she would even email me in the night rather than text me. Because if I got a text, I would then, I wouldn't, I was a dog with a bone. So she used to email me and I wake up at four or five in the morning and look and I go, oh, she's texted me. And then it would be a list of what I said the night before, which was, I couldn't believe it come out of my mouth. Yeah. You know, and you know, my support groups that I'm holding now, it's equally important for the partner of to feel that they can talk to someone that understands because I, I really understand from the partner's perspective what it's like because I was with someone who is an alcoholic as well. And all right, I was drinking a lot, but I saw from the other side as well what it's like. And it was horrible. It was so horrible to see them take their first drink and then drink really, really quickly. And it was like brandy as well. And to see that person gradually change into the person I really didn't like and put up with that every single day. And it's soul-destroying. And, you know, it's 
for anyone that's going through that, there is Al Alanon, isn't there? That's yeah. partners of it. It's so important for the partner. You know, it's not all about us. That on my Instagram, I try not to make it all about being sober. It's more of an open form for people to reach out and go. Do you know what? I'm really. I'm not a big drinker myself, but my partner is and I love him so much and I don't know if I can live much longer like this yeah how can I address that and I always always try and suggest that they try the softly softly approach and it's hard because I don't know the couple I don't know the dynamics of the relationship but if it's the don't do this knowing men they they will go fuck you I'm doing it even more Do you know yeah. what I mean? But but if you get them at the right time and hold their hand and say, look, I, I'm this is really, really upsetting. I, I really want to try and understand how this is for you and whatever. And then that you've got more of a chance then of, of getting the best out of that person. And I think with Em, because she, I saw her break and I looked at her go in the house and she put her hands in her head and, and I, it was just that point. I thought, what am I doing? You know, yeah. and that was enough. It, it, I was never told, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it does, and it's and it's really similar. You know, you, what you described. My, my dad, I make no secret, he died of cirrhosis of the liver, and he was ten years sober before he did. But his, he, my mum drank because it, it was a case of if you can't beat them, join them with my mum, and it had gone that far. And so, as again, I make no secret, I. I am a child of alcoholics. And like you were just saying about the partner, and we're not going to get children listening to this podcast, but it's equally as important to realise that, you know, the whole family, isn't it? You feel yeah. everything. And there's so many amazing charities out there, like you've just said, Al-Anon, and then you've got NACOA for children. Yeah. We do a lot of work with them. You do a lot of work with Alcohol Change, which I do want to ask you about in a minute. But there mm. is... It isn't just the, the drinker that is impacted, it's everybody else. And you can, yeah. I used to, pl- I remember pleading with my dad. I remember, dad, please stop drinking, please, please, please. And he'd just go, I'm an alcoholic, I can't help it. And that's that was his answer. He'd accepted he was an alcoholic, but he didn't want to change it until his health went to the point of, if he didn't change it, he was going to die. And mm. but he, he loved us. He absolutely loved us. He loved my mum. But you've got to want to do it for yourself. You can't force anybody. I was, no. my mum stayed with him, you know, or unlucky, depending on how you look at how my childhood was. But they worked things out and they had a lovely 10 years. But it's not always a success story for people, is it? No, it isn't. It's um, especially now, I think it's quite important that we do actually talk about this because, you know, we're in lockdown at the moment. There's going to be people in relationships where the husbands or wives are drinking to excess, and there's like, we know that you know um, the abuse has gone up, hasn't it? Mm. Or already through and through alcohol. I could honestly think of nothing worse than if this had have happened. This lockdown had have happened two to three years ago when um, mm. me and my husband were living together I absolutely dread to think of what it would have been like and I just think so many other people will be feeling like that right now so I think it's really good that we've touched on that subject and I think we're going to put some links on let's put the links um, for Alanon and Nakoa and the domestic violence helpline that the government have issued at the moment let's put those links on the podcast today yeah definitely well yeah yeah 
Oh, well, this I has been a good one. We've been sad. We've laughed. It's like it's like an episode in Afterlife. <laughs> oh, God. We, we watched the whole of um, the second series, actually, and it's such a fantastic programme, isn't it? Oh, Ricky yeah, Gervais. it's amazing. Today. Do you know what? Um, I, I relate to Ricky Gervais quite a lot, actually, because he's quite miserable a lot of the time. Which you remind me, me of but, him. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? He's got a real thing. Now, I have a thing called misophonia. Now, I don't know if you know what that means, but it's it's the inability to deal with certain noises. So if you're oh, sitting yeah, next to me yeah. eating crisps, oh, I'm literally yeah. pulling my hair out. I'm with and you. And I even, like, I went to the cinema then once and she booked us in the middle of the cinema and I said, there's no way in a million years. I always go in the top right-hand corner, furthest away. Because <laughs> if someone's... Like and it's a quiet bit in the film, and they're scrunching oh, their bloody. I... Well, anyway, and he's always mentioned that in the show, and I always smile because when you he see said it to the, the yoga one, oh, <laughs> yeah. my God, that was so funny. Get sniffing, didn't he? It was so funny. It I'm not up really... to you two yet, I don't think. Oh yeah, but I'm like that with things. I'm really, really bad. And you know, I absolutely adore my children. But when we're all sat there having dinner together, oh no. Oh my Swapping. god. Oh, I can't even cope with it. Or if we want they want to watch a film and they're like, Can we get snacks? And I'm like, empty everything out, everything yeah. out into balls. She's like that if I phone her up and I'm just chewing something that I don't even think god. I can hear it. She goes, I've got to go, I'll phone you later, you chew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we've had sadness, laughter. And now you've now realised you've got an ailment called misophonia, Lisa. Because I never, I never knew that it was called that. Misophonia, and, and you follow them on Instagram, and you get your posts up, and you go, "Oh my god, that's me!" Like yeah. certain noises that just drive me absolutely mad. But there's another one of like, because you know I've got a little doggy called Lola, the Chihuahua, right? Yeah. If she's crunching her little biscuits, I go, oh, my little baby. Yeah, if one of the kids is eating crisps, I've literally got my arm around her throat. So I, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it. You know, she's managed to diagnose herself with two conditions now. So because on Simon's podcast, straight afterwards, she diagnosed herself with ADHD. So Yeah, I did. Oh, and well, now I've got misophonia. Right, right, before we wrap up then, will you tell us about the work you do with Alcohol Change, Dave, and anything else that you want to add that we've not spoken about? Well, um, originally, I mean, I, I love Alcohol Change because it's just a fantastic website with amazing people that work for them. I've met a few of them now. I met a couple at the Mindful Drinking Festival. Uh, I, I try and raise money for them, and I was doing a couple of bike rides this year that um, I was going to give the money to them because I just think they're fantastic. They work really, really hard. There's loads of things on their website that are um, supportive. Um, and I think um, when we're, we're talking about doing some live shows eventually, aren't yeah. we, on these Zoom, Zoom things, and uh, they kindly let us use their logo and Nicoa have as well, haven't they? Yeah. So I think we're both going to donate some money to them and I, I just find you know when you go online and if there's anyone that's struggling with booze and you google it um problems of alcohol or am i drinking too much when their website comes out it's so easy and people friendly to use you know it's just uh, and the people there are all so lovely and i actually i uh, volunteered um, before lockdown to um go to king's cross station 
and help them raise money with a bucket. Oh, and I saw that actually. I've never witnessed anything like that. It was terrible. I, I think one person come up to me in two hours. You took him. No, no, I was walking around and, and you're not, these days, you're not allowed to shake the bucket. You're not allowed to do certain things. I was talking about, roll up, roll up. Ah, <laughs> sober day, Did you have your pants on? Never... No, they still, do you know what? I had an email from the company and I, I've got different colours, but they're stuck in the factory because of lockdown. So <laughs> anyone wants to know, there's sober day pants on sale soon. Um <laughs> It's a running theme with us three, isn't it? It is. And Dave's going to wear them at our live show. So if you were, uh, when we do announce it and you want to come and watch the live, the live. Um, yeah. We've got to get people there somehow, haven't we? Yeah, you can see Dave's <laughs> yeah. pants at our live concert yeah, yeah. on these dates. <laughs> Various different colours. Is there, yeah. is there anything you want to share that we haven't um, asked about or that we haven't talked about? Well, I think I'll share quite a lot. Um, you have that. Basically, I think for the three of us, if people aren't really aware of our Zoom calls that we do every, well, they're not Zoom anymore, are they? They're on Facebook. On Facebook. I no, think no. Um, we, we hold um, a panel talk each week, don't we? Four till half five now, every Saturday. And we have a guest every week and we talk about different topics. We've spoken about cravings, triggers, we've, mental health was a great one. And, um, yeah, I think all they've got to do is go on our uh, link trees, haven't they, and join our private Facebook group. Yeah. Has Lisa, Lisa fallen off her chair there? Uh, Alex. Alex, uh, yeah, I think she's fallen off the bed. She got all excited when you were talking about your sort of the pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> she did yeah. mention she might have a call, so she said, oh, I'll disappear, so I bet that's what it is. Well, she literally tipped sideways and vanished. <laughs> Don't panic, don't panic, I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, um, basically, I think we're all really excited about this, aren't we, these these sober sessions that we do. And, it's uh, such think, good feedback, hasn't it? Yeah, and that one we got the other day with a woman's in bed with her brekkie in Australia watching it, it was fantastic. Yeah, you know? it's just amazing, isn't it, to think that and that, it re- that it's reached all the way to Australia. Yeah. And yeah, New yeah. Zealand. Yeah. So yeah. we're doing good. And, yeah. and you know what? If we help just one of those people, which I know we are, because the feedback every single week, and we've got to make it really clear now that it's not only for sober, it's for anyone who's just, you know, even if you just know somebody who's sober and you want to understand it, get on there because we hope to. to yeah, but it's, it's, you know, that one we talked about um, with the Rock Sober Boys, Lee and Sean, it was about mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Lee's got. Uh, OCD isn't he and, and yeah. so it's not just all about drinking it's about life experiences and we, we cover it in so many different ways don't we because we come from different angles there's me with no teeth and there's you that you know my dog's it's running me with no education Dave <laughs> yeah, Alex is pretending not to be drinking but she's just falling off the bed um, <laughs> Yeah, he's only so, William knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he only knows what he's doing at the time. He doesn't know what he's doing before. And you want to see how many links I send him in a day before he catches up? <laughs> yeah, bless him. But yeah, yeah, any I think anyone you can put that link on that afterwards as well, can't you? If the uh, yeah. yeah the link to the Facebook group, and we've done yeah. two plugs for it now because actually in the in the introduction we've talked a bit about it as well. So you've got a reminder at the end of the podcast as well if you're listening. 
So there we go. Yeah, brilliant. If so, you got this far. It's been lovely speaking to you. I know we speak every day, but it's been really nice to kind of get some of your backstory because it's got to that point where, you know, you know, when you meet somebody and they tell you the name and then you forget it and then you <laughs> too many times to ask them what the name is. Well, that's like, that's like if we were to go to you. So come on then, Dave, tell us about your sober journey. <laughs> We've known you yeah. quite well. So it's been lovely chatting with you. And thank you, you so I've really much, enjoyed Dave. It. Do, do you know, I woke up this morning and I felt so excited we were doing this. I think <laughs> you're both, I mean it, I think you two are absolutely amazing. I really do. And you, oh, you're going to help it. so many people. But we feel exactly the same about you. We genuinely, we absolutely love you, both of us. Oh, thank you. Oh, we think you're amazing. Oh, oh big group hug. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got oh. a cough. <laughs> oh yeah masks on and a big group hug oh, thanks yeah. honestly genuinely thank you so much for sharing with us today oh, it's my absolute pleasure oh, we'll oh, speak to you soon see you girls see you thank see you see you later bye bye, bye. bye.